Hi, everybody. Welcome once more to Business Growth on Purpose. I'm your host, Jose Palomino, CEO of Value Prop Interactive. And today's guest is Christina Harrington. And Christina is a COO and co-founder of Gen Alpha, and her focus is on digital transformation of OEMs. That sounds like a big, heady idea, but it's real practical stuff. It's how you as an OEM, as a manufacturer of something, even big or small, that have to support your customers with parts and uh, add-ons and configuration. How do you do that? How is that practical? How do you compete with the much larger companies that maybe have entire teams doing this? Well, listen closely as Christina sheds light on how that's not only possible, but it's happening right now. And you could join that digital transformation revolution too. So listen carefully as Christina joins our show right now. Welcome, Christina, to Business Growth on Purpose. Well, hi, Jose. Thank you for the opportunity. It's great to be here with you and your audience. Oh, absolutely. Looking forward to it. And uh, Christina, just uh, for our audience, a little context, just what, what do you do and who do you do it for? Yeah, we are a digital commerce uh, solution company. So we have a SaaS product uh, for original equipment manufacturers. I may refer to them OEMs mm -hmm. uh, throughout the conversation and really parts organizations. So what we do is we help companies sell their parts and equipment online, just to keep it really simple. Uh, as you, many of us have heard of e-commerce, um, we're in the world of e-commerce and really helping these OEMs digitize uh, their sales channel. Right, but where the world, I mean, when you say e-commerce, of course the mind goes to like things like Shopify and other plat larger platforms that have existed for a while for e-commerce. But you have really focused on a very specialized niche of working with manufacturing OEMs and their needs. Where they're not selling, you know, they're not selling Beanie Babies online. <laughs> no, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The group that we uh, work with, you know, if, if just to maybe help the audience, we have some fire truck manufacturers, we have ambulance manufacturers, plastic injection molding manufacturers, uh, vacuum trucks, <clears throat> excuse me. So if you think about specialty vehicle, manufacturing, industrial construction, egg, that, that's kind of the, the space that we play in. And for them, you know, when a, a piece of equipment goes to work, the most important thing about that piece of equipment is to keep it operating and productive. Uh, you know, the owner operator purchased that machine to do a job. And when they do need spare parts or they need service, they very quickly need accurate information. That information is what is the exact component or components or kit that I need? What's the price and availability uh, for that? And uh, can I get a quote for it or get it on order? And then of course, after the order is placed, they need order status. So they need that transparency of information. Uh, when is my order going to ship? After it ships, they want to have the tracking information. They want to be able to pay, pay invoices. This is what a digital transformation can do is it gives operators, uh, maintainers of the equipment, the ability to self-service online. And that's a very specific niche that we play in. Well, well, you know, I think about, for example, I think, did you mention fire trucks or ambulances or both? Both. Yeah. Both. Both. Okay. So a fire truck is like a million dollar or yeah. more, you know, yes. uh, it's, a, it's a very complex uh, piece of machine that to talk about being mission critical, it's by definition, if, if fire trucks in use, 
it really matters to the people for whom it's serving, right? You got it. So in, in that context, then you also need the ability for even a small municipality that has a fire truck to maintain it and to keep it operational because they don't have 17 backup trucks, right? I mean, mm-hmm. these are all like they bought three brand new ones the town raised money for. They need them to be operational. So, th- so I'm going to get back to that in a moment, but I, I just want to back up a little bit and look at kind of where we are today in the marketplace, right? So you're talking to, and you work with these manufacturers, they make complex products. They need to be maintained in the field. What's happening? What do you see happening primarily, uh, especially in light of the last couple of years of the pandemic in terms of any changes in buyer behavior and have they really changed or is, has it just accelerated changes that were already happening? Yeah, I think, I think both. Um, so I do think there's been an acceleration. I think, uh, and there's a lot of information available through reports and research, whether you're looking at Gartner, Forrester, mm-hmm. McKinsey, they do a lot of reporting on this. But, um, you know, technology has changed tremendously. So the ability to do th- these things have changed and customer expectations have changed. And um, really, you know, during COVID that kind of accelerated it because more and more people had to, for the first time, do transactions online. Or if you think about some of the results of coming out of COVID where there were supply chain constraints and now purchasers had to look for alternative supply. And if they didn't have alternative supplies in their ERP system, they had to go find them. And where do purchasers go to find today? They go to Google. Um, You know, they're searching Google or depending on the type of product they're looking for, they may be looking at a Granger, a McMaster car, a Fastenal, all these companies that have been doing uh, online business for a long time. They've been growing that business. So more and more people are getting comfortable with it. They're doing it in their personal lives. I would guess that in any manufacturing organization, if they were to ask their purchasing agents and their buyers, what types of tools do you use online today? They would tell you a handful of them. And I probably mentioned just a few. So so yes, uh, COVID advanced things, but also technology has made things easier. And in the, you know, for convenience, customers want these options. So I'm thinking about like small OEMs, right? And some of the, the categories you mean, like ambulances and fire trucks, some are made by big companies, some are specialty, smaller, more regional shops and stuff, sure. working on those kinds of things. So they have a parts department, right? Yeah. They have Larry in the parts department. Larry's yeah. really good. He knows everybody, right? And everybody <laughs> knows Larry, right? Yeah. So does this, does this make Larry go away? Does it give Larry superpowers? Does it, you know, wh- why? I, I don't think it's broken. I got Larry answered the phone. He takes care of the parts requests. Yeah. Well, um, I, I like to believe Larry becomes a superhero. And uh, of course, the business is protected if something happens to Larry, because all that information that Larry knows, uh, you know, we like to call that tribal knowledge in the business is now also available online. So what's interesting, and I used to be Larry, so I want to, you know, I come (laughs) from that world. I could say, you know, Chris, that, you know, my customers uh, operated mines and they had to keep that mining equipment running. If that mining equipment went down for one hour, it was costing them hundreds of thousands of dollars. So we had to respond quickly. Um, So yeah, what this does is it, it, 
it gives Larry more power uh, and information at his fingertips that he probably historically in a traditional sales model had to, or customer service model, had to go to multiple locations in a manufacturing environment to first identify the right part number, then get price and availability, and then uh, you know, create a quote. So then you're sending the quote off to the customer. The customer then reviews the quote, gets approval from their purchasing department, then they place the order. So all those different handoffs it speeds up the entire process for both Larry and the customer that he's serving. So what, what we find when customers roll out, so manufacturers roll out our e-commerce site, that Larry's, all the Larry's of the world use the e-commerce site. And then customers are also using the site because Larry's job is made easier. He's freed up to answer the more complex challenges that often go um, you know, they really take a long time to get to because, you know, they're responding quickly in a call center to emails, faxes, phone calls, text messages to, to get information. So you move these people to being a bit more from reactive to more proactive in assisting customers with some of the more challenging things and going after new opportunities. Well, so... You know, I can visualize like a very large operation and, and I'm not asking you to name names, but if it, like, for example, like a John Deere or a Caterpillar or some, mm-hmm. something or Boeing for that matter may have their process. They, they had ERP for a long time. They have, you know, advanced either custom built software or whatever. So they've they've kind of addressed this to a large degree. Culturally, they're more ready to do this. Yes. But I also visualize a you know twenty million dollar you know auger filler manufacturer you know that and it's a nice business to have right yeah but they don't have they don't think about it this way so I'm just curious in your as you look out at the world and you know in your interactions with that size company the mid market company what are some kind of kind of key decisions that leader has to make to be able to enter this world. What kind of, you know, is it a philosophical shift? Is it because it's going to change things if they go down this road? Yeah, you know, um, I would say that the first thing that prevents some companies from getting started is that many sell through distribution today and they get a little nervous. So, you know, your example of the auger uh, manufacturer, we would love, we love to help companies like that. So many of them sell through dealers and they have a vast dealer network. And what we find is that often, you know, manufacturers are concerned about doing something like this because they don't want to disrupt their dealer network or uh, be threatened in any way Mm. with that relationship. So a lot of times, what that organization will have to first decide to do is, are we going to potentially start with an e-commerce site for dealers? Make it easier for the dealers to do business with you. Make it easier for the dealers to identify the right part. And that creates efficiencies for the dealer, creates efficiencies for the manufacturer, and you're satisfying the customer faster so they're getting their information. So that's that's one thing we see with many manufacturers who have a distribution network. The other, uh, it is a philosophical- Which, by, by the way, uh, Christina, yeah. just quickly, I think that's very clever. And it's something that creates a win-win in the current culture and environment that you're used to, yes. as opposed to we're blowing everything up and hoping for the best. 
which nobody wants to be that person making that recommendation. It, That's it's, right. It's like a bridge too far. <laughs> it's a great way to get started. And, you know, dealers are going to be honest with you, uh, how your site looks, if it gives them the information, mm. and they will adopt it quickly. The highest level adoption we have is when you're going to your dealer network, because this is the way in which they're going to do business with you. And most dealers today are asking manufacturers for these tools. So that, that's a big, um, a, a big thing, big hurdle, first hurdle to overcome. And we like to call that, you know, the crawl, walk, run approach, sell to your dealers, get that information out there. And then later, together with dealers, manufacturers can decide how are we going to be relevant in the future? If customers are increasingly wanting to do business direct with the manufacturer, there's a way for the manufacturer and dealer to support that together. And that would kind of be that next step in the process, making the site available to the public and giving them uh, information to be able to uh, potentially create quotes orders themselves. So um, that, but that is a, a philosophical shift going, you know, opening a sales channel online is the shift that, you know, you were originally asking me in that question. And I think, you know, when we started the company 11 years ago, that was a pretty big shift. People didn't really believe that their customers were going to buy that way. That's a, a, a much, you know, it's not so radical anymore. Let's put it that way. Well, it's, probably we talk, gen, it's probably generational too. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there's absolutely who are now, you know, I mean, you know, so, I mean, it's, it, it also puts me in, I realize like my kids think, you know, when I tell them what about my past, they say, you know, when dinosaurs ruled the earth, right? So it's like that. <laughs> but, you know, there's somebody right now who's, you know, hitting, you know, uh, uh, late 40s. Well, they've they've been in a digital world their whole, since college. I mean, they've, they've, they've already been there. Yeah. Anybody younger than that, they don't know any different. That's right. So it's almost odd. What do you mean, pick up the phone? It's like when my kids talk about, I was talking to, and they mentioned a friend. I said, were you talking to them or were you texting them? Because to me, I like to reserve talking to sound, sound like right. voice. <laughs> and they go, no, dad, you know, it's like, like, I, like, I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so, so yeah, so that, that shift, it seems to me that makes sense that there's increasing, in fact, there's going to be an increased demand for like, what do you mean I have to call you to ask this question? Why can't I just go on my phone and, and, and search it on your site, right? I mean, yeah. I got to believe that's the, that's becoming increasingly common. Absolutely. And as manufacturers, have to attract and retain talent going forward because we are having the largest exodus of baby boomers uh, right now from now until 2025 you're going to see more and more uh, going into retirement well it is the younger generations that are coming in of course they're already here they do make mm -hmm. up a population of the workforce today but they're going to be more moving in and you know we have to have uh, solutions that even make it easy for these people these this next generation to be trained on the products to get quick answers to the products and that's what a digital solution can help with as well and it's not just the manufacturer that's going through this it's their dealer partners going through it it's the end customers that have to attract and retain talent. And if they have to go through the old methods of pick up a phone or send an email and write everything down, and it goes through all these different <laughs> passes to get an answer, uh, it's just not the way that they're used to, just like your kids. So, and, and I'm that 40, I'm 48. So I'm that generation of I'm right in the middle. So I can do both. And I, I like talking to people on the phone. 
But I also like the convenience of texting. I certainly order things online all the time. So I'm in that middle category, have, having adopted all of it. But that older generation is still the, the slower group of adopters. Right. Yeah. And, and there is, it's funny. There's sometimes even if I'm making a, a, a if I'm making a big purchase, I sometimes do just want to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Although I've increasingly realized the person's reading the same script that I could read for myself on the web. So it's like almost, there's no real value add uh, right. in a lot of these interactions. But so, so I am curious about something because we, we've heavily focused on the idea of parts and support for, you know, post-sale, right? Yep. But what about that company selling that million dollar fire truck? Oh, sure. Um, where does, I mean, at some point, it seems like that's, that's such, you know, when, when it becomes such a big capital purchase, there has to be more discussions, more normal selling process, negotiations and all of that. Where does digital enablement or digital empowerment, how does that help that process move forward? The actual, like, not the, not the supporting parts, but the actual main you got it. box being sold. Right. And this is where... Uh, configure price quote software has come in. So, you know, on a fire truck and fire truck is a very large purchase with many different options. Uh, You know, all these municipalities want something a little unique uh, for their fire truck. And uh, many manufacturers today have created uh, options configurators that will help uh, companies select the type of unit that they're looking for. Now, um, in a big purchase like that, I would not expect that the municipality is going to go through the full process on their own today for that. But, you know, in the case of a fire truck uh, apparatus manufacturer, they have dealers and offering a product configurator so that the dealers have a way to walk through that with. So it's the salesman and the end customer walking through the configuration checklist, all those various options, asking the questions, you know, uh, what type of unit is it for? Uh, you know, wh- how often is it gonna be operating? You know, all the different questions, you know, millions of different options with rules. These rules run in the background as different uh, questions are asked and answered and a price comes up. So what will happen is that through that configure price quote software, um, they're going to be able to quickly get an, uh, a budgetary quote to the municipality so that they can start budgeting for the future. And again, those processes used to take a long time. Now, we're talking about a very highly complex uh, piece of equipment. Now, think about a, a truck. It might be a Ford truck that uh, is a work truck. And a manufacturer is building out the body of that truck. So maybe putting different, maybe they're going to put um, a a plow package on the front and they're going to put some uh, packages on the back and maybe some shelving and other things. So that work truck, that body of that, that's what's being configured. So a customer is being asked very specific questions. It's rolling up a price. Um, and very quickly, they can see what uh, what the price would be and if it's available or when it's going to be available and even order it if, if you know, they're accustomed to doing that online. You know, we have um, 
mowing companies who are using product configurators. So if you think about your, your lawnmower and you think about what size, you know, how much are you mowing? These, these become the questions in the configurator. This all eases the process. So, you know, what size blade do you need? Um, how, how much are you, what is the mowing area? Um, are you going to be using your lawnmower for something else? So do you need to pull anything? So just the different packages that you can get on that lawnmower. And now you, you see a budgetary price. Now, if you're really comfortable with that brand of uh, lawnmower, because you've already been using their lawnmower, and maybe you've been using the website every time you need to do an oil change, you need to make replacements, buy your grease uh, and other things. So now you're so delighted with operating that lawnmower that you want to go online and get your next lawnmower after you've had that, that's really where these other tools come into play. So it's, um, it's a great resource between a manufacturer and the dealer, and it can be a great resource between the manufacturer and the end customer, and it speeds up the quote and order process for those large pieces of equipment. So it also, I think, um, if you're the OEM, it should raise the bar on what you need in terms of sales talent because you no longer need somebody to sling brochures. Correct. Um, you really need somebody who can add value. Uh, it might be somebody with an engineering background or somebody with a technical background, somebody who could really problem solve. And a large like municipal purchases, somebody who can negotiate at that level because getting the government, a PO from any government entity is its own art. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's, the seventh, it's the seventh ring, seventh yeah. circle. So it's, it can be challenging. So yeah. And, and, and to that point, and you're bringing up, you're raising a, a tremendous point. This is why a manufacturer would want to do it. They're making that process easy. Uh, you know, dealers, customers can self-service and then the, the salesperson can be used for the more complex questions uh, they can also be used doing follow-up because through a digital solution that can feed into a CRM to show that somebody just quoted a new piece of equipment. And now it becomes something that is, a, uh, you know, it's a lead. So they can now follow that up and they have uh, more information on what that customer is actually looking for. And they just go in and, and help solve the rest to move it from a quote to an order. Well, yeah, moving in from the quote to an order, that's that's like a on paper, that's like two adjoining columns. But in, in reality, that could be uh, that could be a whole journey right between those things. Well, Christina, this has been fascinating, really exciting. Uh, and especially because it has application. A lot of times technology only has application for very big companies. But I could see clear application even for these small mid-market OEMs. Um, it can really be a, a, a force multiplier uh, for them. So that's, that's very exciting. So if somebody listening uh, to this, Christina, wanted to know more about your company, you, your product, where should they go? Well, they can go to our website at genalpha.com. That's G-E-N-A-L-P-H-A.com. They can follow us on LinkedIn. You can connect with me, Christina Harrington, on LinkedIn. Uh, and that's where you get all the, the information that you need. Sign up for our newsletter. We're always uh, sending out educational content and sharing things like this. So this podcast will be a part of our uh, future newsletter just to keep educating uh, people on the, the various things that are out there and the way that the world is changing. Fantastic. Christina, thank you so much for stopping by to Business Growth on Purpose. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. 
If you like the show, hit subscribe and leave us a review to help other people find the podcast. And if you're ready to take the next step in driving intentional growth for your business, come check out what we're doing at valueprop.com. We've developed industry-leading programs and systems to help B2B owners take control of their growth. Until then, thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth On Purpose.